are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Tom is a very good interviewer and great person. Every time you give him a compliment, he rejects it with a mean face. It's really (laughs) great. Tom, to this date, is my favorite person we've given a Most Valuable Echo Award to. Were either of you there when he received it? No. It was awful. Yeah, wasn't he super annoyed? And it was like, how dare you interrupt me? No, it wasn't that. No, it was not that. It was, I, Kristen was working. So I came in with both girls at like 8.30. And when I got there... You guys did not have any of the slides working, you know, so you No, that wasn't, add... our, that wasn't our fault. That was, um, it was Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and we didn't know you were doing that. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yes, there was a special thing that was going to show, but none of the other stuff was working either. Like, nothing was showing. So, you wouldn't have even had a message. So, I was in there trying to troubleshoot, and you guys kept, or someone kept being like, hey, Tom, can you come out for the huddle? And I was like, no, I'm trying to fix this problem. And they kept bothering me, and then finally I... Went out bothering and, him. <laughs> I went out and I was a little, a little flustered, but I was very appreciative. And I never even got to do the, you know, one, two, three echo. Yeah, I wanted you out of that lobby. Get out of here, you mean? Well, I'm, I'm waiting to redeem myself with the one, two, three echo. Like that, the best part about being the MVE is the, you know, doing the one, two, three echo, and that is snatched away. Sorry, Tom. That's all right. Dreams crushed. Where is Jordan? He's such a seven. Where is he right now? <laughs> There's no better time than now for you to discover your purpose, learn about yourself more, and dig into God's truth as we tackle the Enneagram as a church. Welcome to our new series. Yoo-hoo. Okay, for real though, I told you guys two o'clock, right? You did. And I think Jordan said excited with an emoji. Wife would be dying right now. In fact, I'm gonna text her. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna let you do, Chelsea, your husband's 15 minutes late. Please talk to him. That's excellent. For like seven. considering what it could be. Got a lot of things going on. A lot of, a lot of pokers and a lot of different fires. Shall we dive in? So I am Kayla Sherson. I am an Enneagram 5, and that is often called an investigator or the observer. I'm Sarah, and I am an Enneagram 6, and we are called the Loyalists. Basically, we're very loyal, and we'll never leave your side. (laughs) And very prepared. (laughs) I am an Enneagram 7 with an 8 wing, and 7s are the enthusiast, and I am, I don't know if you're wanting to talk subtypes too, but my subtype is uh, self-preservation. So what made it different than other quizzes or personality tests? I think for me, it was just like, wow, this is like actual characteristics of me and like things that like I don't like about myself or things that I've never really understood about myself like we're now like coming out like about me for me it was 
I think three or four years ago, I can't place it exactly, but we were going on a camping trip with some friends. And what is, what was the first Enneagram podcast? I feel like it was, I don't remember, but it was one of the early Enneagram podcasts. And my friend Julian said, hey, I just listened to the one on the seven. You're a seven. You should listen to this. Because I am, I feel like sevens, I feel like some numbers are pretty easy to identify. Whereas like I've known nines and Tom, you, I don't know if this was your journey, but I've known a lot of nines where it was really hard for them to figure out what number they were and other numbers as well. But for me, I was so archetype of seven that it was like very easy to say, yep, Jordan, you're a seven. So we listened to that podcast and right away I was like, oh my gosh, this is me to a T. Everyone in the car is hearing who I am. I love this. I'm in. So I started doing a bunch of research and I actually implemented it on my team for Narrate Films and Narrate Studios. So my company that I started, I like basically from top down, like got everyone talking to Enneagram and it was super powerful to be able to understand how we had a strong five on the team. We had a strong four, we had a strong one. And so like, this is why we're coming at these things with these angles. And this is why Jordan seems like he's all over the place because in some ways he is, but that's also what we need for his position, right? So it got us like talking the same language and it mitigated a great deal of conflict. And honestly, I think it was the first small group I ever went to with Christy. She's like, what's your Enneagram number? And I had no idea. So I went home and took a quiz and five was the first one. And the first couple of things on it, I'm like, this is me. And honestly, I think initially I thought, well, that's interesting. And I just kind of didn't do a whole lot further with it. And it's probably been the last year or two where I've listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. And it's, you're right. It helps you understand yourself and other people. And it's been really beneficial. What was that process like of finding your number and like, was it a long journey or, or what was it like diving into your number once you found it out? I can kind of expound on mine because I kind of laid the groundwork. Basically for me, mine wasn't a journey finding which number I was. I knew right away. So it was more about getting deeper and deeper. So at first learned about seven, learned about the goods and bads, and then started to figure out, am I a wing six or a wing eight? Learned pretty early on, I wing eight. And that was actually very helpful for me to understand that I have challenger in me. And then it helped me understand that when I challenge people around me, almost always when I figure out why I'm challenging people around me, I was feeling a little bit of a sense of guilt. Like, why am I being a turd right now? I feel like I'm being difficult. But really, it helped me understand that anytime I'm challenging someone, it's because I am wanting them to be better and do better. And I see a very clear path. So my challenger only comes out then. So that was like phase two of learning Enneagram. Then phase three was learning self-preservation. I think the nickname is like keeper of the castle. Totally true for me. I started a company where I essentially have this little ecosystem, this little, you know, community or whatever. And I want to like nurture that and help that and build that. So Basically, it was learning the type, then the wing, then the subtype. And, and I feel like that's kind of been the framework over years of my journey. But it's been mostly pretty much knowing almost right away it was seven. So going down that path. I think just what Jordan said, too, like I just like right off the bat, it was just like, I'm a six. Like there was no investigating that. Like it was really clear. I've even taken it again. And it was like, yep, I'm so a six. Like the traits, everything that just fits me. So I think, yeah, just like once I knew I was a six, then I just started diving into it more like, yeah, like understanding why, like my core fears and, you know, where this comes from and understanding my wings and 
you know, anything, podcast books, like Google, basically trying to figure out this six person in me that I've like, kind of like been always wondering who I was. And then it was kind of like, it just clicked. Like, this is who I am. Like, yeah. And I think initially I, when I first took the test, I think my options were like five, three, and one in that order. And I could see different qualities in the threes and the ones also, but five was just so headstrong. And so I really focused on that, you know, my number for a period. And then initially, I mean, I was finding it very beneficial for me, but then all of a sudden I'm looking at people around me and they're telling me their numbers and I'm realizing I don't know anything about what that means for them. And so doing research to figure out what all these different numbers are and it really changes your relationships with people because you can understand why they are the way that they are. And, you know, when they, I don't know, it just, it was just so interesting. And it still is. Even when you meet someone for the first time, you kind of, you know, self-type them, wonder what, what their number is. And so it's always it's good a uh, conversation starter sometimes. How have you felt like it's impacted relationships in your life? I think just going off with Kayla said, like, I think it just helps you understand people better. Like, like take guys like my husband, like understanding, like he's a one, like, and what that looks like, you know, where he, I think he's coming off critical and judgmental. Well, he's really not like, I think just understanding that and it just makes a big difference. It, you don't have fights and you know, um, you're not getting mad because like you get them, like you understand their number and, I think it just makes the relationship way more better when you understand what Enneagram people are. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm a very judgmental person as like my default. And so it's helped me. Some people take their Enneagram number and say, okay, this is my box. I'm going to stay here. But really, I think it's a tool to tell you, you know, what are your like core traits and core characteristics and what you know, if you're put in this situation, typically you would re you'd react, you know, in X manner. And if you were, are you responding in a negative way or in a positive way? And what those other numbers, I don't, I know they're not wings. I don't honestly know what you call them when you go to those other numbers in those times. But I just think that has been helpful for me to just think about and process through. Yeah, I think it was interesting because the question about our Enneagram journey, I shared my the seven just focused on my journey, but Kayla, it was really interesting because you right away went to how it helped you understand other people. You like briefly talked about how it helped you personally, but specifically the bigger part of what you shared was about how you were able to understand. And I feel like that's very true of a five because as a, as a seven, I can uh, go to a five in growth. And I think that's, I think that's a really that's really the ultimately at first it's really enticing because it's cool to learn about yourself, but you, you hit it right in the head. Cause that's the ultimate goal is to understand how to interact and why basically more so why other people are thinking you just like put their worldview on why they're thinking and communicating what they're communicating. And if you come at it from their number, Chelsea being a three, I get like what her motivations and what excites her and the goods and bads, what like, complex or at play, which helped me not respond with insensitivity, I guess, but just respond with more care and compassion and understanding. Because like there's times in the same for my team um, at Narrate when there would be something expressed which would make no sense to me. But if I would 
filter it through the guys or filter it through the understanding of Enneagram, it completely dismantled any frustration I would have because it, I'd go, oh, well, yeah, of course they're thinking that way because this, this, and this is part of their personality. So there's an amazing ability to accept people when you understand them better. And I think Enneagram is a great tool for that. Yeah, I think it's so interesting now where like if I am being introduced to someone that I have never met and or I'm hearing about someone and they're like, oh, they're a seven. Like I immediately have like a, you know, I like a download of like their kind of their core, you know, desires or motivations or when I, you know, or before I even get to know them, which is kind of which I know, like you're not defined by your number, but in the same sense, though, like it. Yeah, helps to see, like you said, in, you know, in the other person's shoes, like right off the bat, rather than, you know, before it was like, there were people who I just didn't click with. And now it's like, oh, I see there might be, you know, this number and, and we just have such different motivations. But now I can, you know, you can know that lots of times up front and, you know, go into the relationship from there. So for you individually as a seven, if there's like another seven listening, like what did it show to you when you learned your number? For me, it showed, I guess, without understanding that, I always thought I was just kind of like, oh, Jordan, you know, he's like just that crazy guy. He's always wanting to have fun, no work, uh, you know, and it, like, so like it made me feel a little insecure, not understanding that actually intrinsically being a seven was more... I guess it just gave me context and it helped me go, oh, no, like, I do enjoy those things. But as far as sevens go, I am very focused and organized and, and focus was one of my strengths on strength finders. And so, like, I'm a weird seven in that regard because I actually am very strong. And I would I, I think that's my growth into five because I'm quite organized and quite focused. But what most people see day to day, as soon as I'm around a person, I'm full on seven. So it was actually very helpful for me to understand that being like this loose cannon, happy-go-lucky guy was actually not just there was something wrong, like I was doing something weird. It was like, oh, no, I'm one of nine numbers. And I, my personal type, that personality type, my Enneagram number is valuable to this world. And that's good. And it also helped me see who I was with other people and without. It helped me understand that, like, I'm so extrovert. And as soon as there's a person around, I just become full-on seven. But also, I do introvert more than I ever recognized. I think Enneagram really helped me help me see a lot of those things. I think for me, I maybe just have always come off as almost like distant or and I think I'm just a very introverted. I'm I mean, I'm an observer. I am such a five. I would rather sit back in a group of people and observe everyone and investigate different, you know, situations or questions and problems. I do wing to a six, which is a problem solver. And that is just like growing up math word problems. That was my jam, you know, <laughs> like it sounds so nerdy, but that is what I thrived on. And it just makes so much sense. And so learning why you gravitate towards certain things and why you excel in certain areas and struggle in other areas, that was just really like life-giving realizing that. I have enjoyed a variety of personality tests over the years. 
but the Enneagram has been much more of um it's like learning a little bit about my personality type has unlocked a lot of areas like a deeply spiritual journey going back to the core of like who I am how I related as a child I mean it's unlocked a huge journey for me and I'm still definitely on that path one of the things that I have enjoyed a lot about the Enneagram process is just having conversations with other people about it and so I think that that's kind of how I'm thinking about this series that you know Andy and Christy are are starting us on is how can I and especially even in quarantine right now right zoom calls FaceTime like how can I have conversations with other people about what I'm seeing in myself what I see in them and what God is doing and so I feel like this journey is designed to be had with others so it's great conversation starters so I think we all could use those because there's not as much going on in life right now <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, just for others who are thinking about that too, I think that's where this has a lot of strength. We'd love to have you join us after our online services for our virtual lobbies, a place where we can connect, discuss, and share what the Lord is speaking to us as individuals, but also as a community. You guys are in the Head, yeah, mind, the head triad, five, six, seven. So it's, yeah, head slash mind and also, you know, associated with with fear. So I was wondering if each of you could kind of share, like, what does that mean in your experience to be in that triad? It's actually really valuable for me when learning about the triads, because like I was saying before, I prefaced a little bit about how I feel like this odd seven who is in seven, you know, they can kind of problem solve their way out of anything is like a thing that's about sevens. But even more so for me, I am in my brain. And Kayla, how you described the observer and this, like that side, that five, I resonate with that more than anyone would ever expect. Because when people are around again, and we're communicating, I'm full on seven. But as soon as there's moment of pause, or space away, or I can observe, and I'm not involved, I totally go to that like brain headspace. So that makes sense that the five, six, and seven are in the same triad. And the reason six, I think, connects with that for me is because I do part of me going to that headspace and like problem solving in that headspace and like thinking through stuff. Problem solving is sometimes out of that like planning, being prepared because of, a, you know, being a, being concerned or afraid of like a bad result. And so, and I know that sevens, you know, the, the, the truth that they need to understand is everything will be okay. And that period, but I feel like, yeah, everything will be okay. If I make sure it's okay. Like that's the way I think. And I think that's part of the making sure it's okay is in my brain. I will calculate this. I will figure this out and then I'll execute this plan. And I think that's very much the head brain triad. Yeah, I mean, for a five, the core fear is not knowing, and then the fear desire is to be competent, and that, I don't know how more distinct to put it. Being a five, I'm very straight to the point and blunt, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> and do you find as, you know, as a five, I feel, I feel like I've read that, you know, they're in that, the fear try, and so to combat their fear, they uh, kind of maybe retreat to their mind and try to learn more and be more not like do you resonate with that at all like that you to kind of combat fear maybe you 
investigator, you kind of, yeah, you know, kind of find a way to retreat into your mind. Yeah. So like if you're feeling a certain way or something isn't going the way you expected, I'm always like self-assessing, I guess you could say. Like, why do I feel this way? Why am I acting this way? Because there's always an answer. And it's usually because of an unhealthy behavior or choice or a sin or something like that. And you can just spiral pretty quickly. I think for sixes, we have like what they like to call an inner community. And it's all these voices basically in our head telling us like these worst case scenarios and fear and like it's you have all these things like you hear voices basically like <laughs> and it's like telling you one thing and another thing and you're like well what do i do like you know and then you start thinking these worst case scenarios well if i go that way and then there's this way and then it's like your brain is spiraling all the time it feels like sometimes like but then you're like still trying to like be prepared for if that does happen and but then i still have this fear because if it does happen and then i'm not prepared like my brain just flying sometimes because there's so many things going on. You're just trying to always be prepared and be that next step ahead. Really interested this, this triad because I want to know how you see your numbers manifesting or um, in this social distancing um, COVID time period where it's just everything has seemed so you know fear there's just a lot of fear a lot of worry you know anxiety so like what how are the the five six seven the fear triad handling this i think for me right now i'm a healthy six you could say i was just telling my husband like i think if this would have been like a year ago i think i would have been a complete mess just because it's i mean i fear all the time like so we're going to get Corona. Like we're all going to die. Like I'm going to end up in the hospital. I'm going to be in the ICU. Um, you're going to die. My whole family's going to get it. You know, like we don't have enough groceries. I think that's hard, but it's like coming back to Christ and understanding that he's going to meet all my needs and I just need to trust him and he will give me the peace that I need. And honestly, like that's, what's been getting me through is just remembering the peace of Christ that I have in me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> As a five, but we kind of the joking stereotype is that we don't have feelings. And so honestly, a lot of this stuff, I just, a lot of things I can see in black and white and like, it's a fact. We have a global pandemic. Um, and I just kind of can kind of take it as that. I mean, there's definitely been times where I've been feeling fearful and anxious for different personal reasons, but in general, I can just kind of I'm often like a sounding board. And so if people have questions, they come to me because I can very easily give them the answer, especially if it's one that they probably know that they need to hear, but they don't want to because the answer is hard. And I don't have a problem addressing those types of things. And so addressing the fact that this is a really hard time. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, <laughs> I think everyone would agree with that. <laughs> And so just kind of calling it as it is and saying, it's okay, we're all in this together.
that's honestly kind of a good visual of fives in general sometimes when I'm, you know, being unhealthy, you could say. Typically, I would, yes, constantly be searching for information and what can we find out about this? And it gets to the point where it's so overwhelming. You, I just totally shut down and I don't want to read anything else or know anything else. I just, you know, need to crawl in a hole for a little bit and have my me time. So, but just literally recently in probably the last week, I've been allowing myself like every morning, 15 minutes of news. What are the top headlines? What do I at least need to be in the know about? And that's good enough for right now. I want to remove bias. You know, it's scary to hear, hear a story about someone that was mid twenties that passed away from Corona, but the context here is that's an extreme outlier. But of course the media is going to report that because that's news. They're not going to report, yeah, here this 25 and 25 year old in Minneapolis didn't die. Like that's not news. So it makes sense. So I, I went to a place of like research and wanting just like to be di driven by data, data driven understanding what was going on. So I feel like that's where the, the brain triad really kicks in because I want to, I want to operate off of as much fact as I can. And then a little bit of planning also is part of that. Like the brain triad, I feel like I'm trying to make sure I'm planned and prepared. There's a little preparedness type of thinking. Like I didn't like prep and stockpile toilet paper or anything like that, but just knowing like, okay, we're at our house. Okay. We have, this is what we have. This is a situation, you know, just kind of like thinking through. So I think that's where the brain triad kicks in is like you go to your brain when you're a little afraid and you start thinking, you want good information and you start thinking and problem solving and, Kayla, I believe you said word problems, math word problems were your jam. Same for me. And that, that, that doesn't seem like that would be true of a seven, but I think that's where that brain triad comes in. Like word problems, problem solving. I think five, six, sevens want to solve problems using their brains. So. My wife listens to typology quite a bit, which in turn means I listen quite a bit. But for me, I still go Enneagraminstitute.net is still like my fave because so often leave it to a seven to be like proselytizing Enneagram, right? So like Enneagraminstitute.net is like a perfect starting place because you just read through the basic overviews. So I think that's why to me, because for me on my journey, that's not very helpful. But me on my journey as a seven, helping other people start their journeys of whatever number they are, Enneagram Institute is like the best resource I feel like or or, or my favorite because it's it's simple but to the but there's it's simple but there's depth and it's it's easy to understand even from someone just jumping in. I really like the Enneagram coach with Beth McCor. I think because she's one of the ones that really points it to Christ. So I think that just makes it easier to understand and I can relate it more to my relationship with Christ and to improve it. <laughs> but she just came out with a podcast series actually, like I think a few days ago. So I'm excited to kind of dig more into that. And she actually has one like for like goes through all of them right now with this crisis going on. So I think that'll be really good. Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Classic. Can I say that was a five way to do it? Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. If you have any questions or prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at hey at wearetheecho.church. Also, we want to invite you to join us on Sundays 
We are streaming our services on Facebook and YouTube at 9 a.m. U.S. Central Time, as well as 8 p.m. U.S. Central Time. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions.